Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast. We're spoiling you, aren't we? It was only four, was it four days ago we were in your ears and here we are again. Yes, dear listener, yes it is. My name is Chris, I am your host, of course, and today, as always, I'm joined by Phil and Jez. Good evening to you both. Good evening. Hello. Lots of uh, lots of things to talk about, as always, this week in terms of Liga and games played. And uh, boy, have we got some stories to go through this week. So uh, we're going to start. I don't think really we could start anywhere other than the Principality. Where, uh, Jez, I'll start with you. PSG were rolling along nicely, 2-0 up, and everything was well with the world. Kylian Mbappe with 2-1-1 being penalty. And then... We got to half time, and Monaco decided that uh, they weren't done, and they came out roaring. A Kevin Bollen double and a late Chess Fabregas penalty, securing a victory from 2 0 down to win 3 2. I'd love to know when PSG last threw away a two goal lead. Maybe we won't go there. And uh, Diaw also sent off for his pains in the penalty incident. Um, I can tell you when it was. <laughs> was it, can you go on? Was it the Barcelona game? Or was it longer? Oh no! In in Ligue 1, it was the it was the Bastia match where Palmieri scored an absolute worldie. Wow! What year was that? 2017? No, I reckon earlier, maybe 15. Early 15. Yeah. Right, that's when Bastia were a thing, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, thing. They're just not a thing. They're just not a big thing anymore. Yeah, but they're still they're still technically a thing. God bless them. Um, where do we start, Jazz? I mean, Monaco, obviously, we've got to give them praise and, and feel free to do so because their, their hard work got them back into this game. But as for Tuchel and, and PSG, it's a very, very big week ahead, one suspects, after this, this performance and this result. Yeah, I mean, this week was always about um, the, the Champions League match. Um, and, you know, PSG is still comfortably top. They'll probably still be fine. It's always about Champions League, but um, it's still not really good enough. And I don't, I don't think what happened at the, at the weekend will affect the Champions League one way or the other. But it probably gives a little bit of an idea of, I mean, yet again, all the stuff that we've discussed in the past about probably Tuchel's own situation, about the flakiness of certain players and the simply not good enoughness of others. Um, I mean, Diallo is... Uh, okay, the Volland or whoever it was went, went down quite easily, but, you know, it was such bad defensive play from Diallo. So stupid of him, the way he lost the ball and then to, to sort of dive in, trying to rectify his own error. He was asking for trouble. Um, and then Kazawa on the other side. I mean, um, you know, you get when, they, when you get these really good performance, well, you'd know better than anyone else. Um, when there's particularly good performances, people tweet out these sort of two-minute clips just following one player and all the great things they do during a match. I saw a couple doing the rounds of just Kazawa's performance in the match. And, okay, he didn't have anything to do with the penalty, but the, it's just embarrassing seeing how he was caught out for both of the first two Monaco goals. Um, and again, I think you know the fact that Kazawa is having to—I I do quite like Baka, what I've seen of him—but that Kazawa is amongst the two or three main left choices for left back. That Diallo is the sort of third choice centre back. Um, Danilo, I saw a PSG fan kind of tweet out: "It doesn't matter whether we play him at centre back or defensive midfielder; he's just not a very good footballer anyway." Um, it, there's, as I've said before, I just, I mean, I simply don't think they're a very good squad. Um, and, you know, their two or three superb players hide a lot of ills a lot of the time. And, and Mbappe, again, I think it was, Di, was it Di Maria's pass to him? And then the first goal, you know, the, the speed, the strength, the kind of rounding the keeper and then the great finish as well. It shows everything that's good about those two players, but there's not anywhere near enough quality around them. And and if they feel like everyone's kind of shocked that they're struggling in their group, I mean, you can be shocked because it's not a vintage Man United and it's not even a vintage Leipzig or it's certainly a, you know, centre forwardless Leipzig. But again, I just maintain, I just don't think it's a very good PSG. 
And when on top of all of that, the coach has been completely undermined by those above him. So everyone knows that at best he's going to scrape survival until the summer. At worst, he could, you know, he could leave within the next couple of weeks if Champions League results really go badly. Um, I just, I still think the club is in a mess. Mm. Yeah, I think just on the Danilo Pereira point that you made there as well, um, he, he's, he's one of those players that he's very good with someone else at, at Porto. He's kind of one of those players that will do the, the hard graft and he's a runner and he's an athlete, but he, you know, he's, he's not the sort of guy who's going to tra- transform midfield. Um, and I do kind of feel like PSG are, are, are really missing Ferrati, but as you've said a number of times on this pod, how many times have we said that in the past? What, what was your thoughts, Phil, in terms of you know, the result? I mean, we should give some praise to Monaco here, shouldn't we? I mean, they're uh, quietly going about their business. We did mention them last week, but Kevin Bolland has, has hit, hit some form all of a sudden since getting into the side, and they're having a lovely old time. And to come back from 2-0 down, that, that's no small feat. They're now fifth in the table and only four points off PSG. So is it more praise for Monaco for you? or I made the decision that after I saw the first goal, I just went and sat on the sofa and watched something else because I figured it was going to be routine, and it wasn't. But that was because um, before the match, Kovac had done a, uh, an interview where he said, well, Wissembang Yedder isn't going to be available. We're probably going to have two, maybe three men on Mbappe. I was like, well, either that's the most pragmatic thing I've ever heard, or is he up to something? And uh, it kind of turned out that they were. It sounds like half-time team talk was probably an absolute rocket, and uh, and they came back and overturned that, you know, um, kind of very humble uh, pre-match pre-match interview into being a very, very decent point. I mean, to have the winner 84th minute penalty is, you know, obviously not maybe something you can plan for and a little bit nervy for everybody, I'm sure. But um, no, that was uh, a very impressive one. And I think, you know, there's been some movement around the top of the table over the weekend. I think Montpellier were second for about half an hour. Um, so, yes, we've got the top five of all over 20 points. And, you know, it's it could again be one of those, okay, maybe ignore first position, but the other, the other top five places are going to be very interesting to see how it works out. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And, and a, a huge week, um, just to come back to you on this one, we're sort of splicing Champions League previews into this as we go. PSG have got Red Bull Leipzig tomorrow. I'll be Leipzig as I should call them, of course, nowadays. Um, it's kind of a must-win game, isn't it? Not just for the fact that it's the group and, and how tight the group is, but, I mean, anything other than a win is not enough for Tuchel. I mean, I would argue that they need a win and a performance in, in this game. Is, is that fair to say? Ideally, yes. But I think that the win is the main thing, just to, to you know, keep well in touch. They they were sort of helped out in the, I think, in the last round by, by the fact that Basak Shahir won a match that you probably weren't expecting them to win. So mm-hmm. even first place is still up for grabs. But... Yeah, I mean, in a way, they're they're very lucky to still be in touch. It's still very much in their own hands, but they need to get their act together. And Verratti may well be back, which, as you say, I think does make a difference. And that's, but again, I, I feel like that sort of sums PSG up in a nutshell. That um, he's the only creative midfielder, and they're relying on him when everyone knows that he's completely unreliable, mm. um, whether it's because of discipline or injuries. Um, so. A performance would be nice, and you know the fact they've got Neymar back as well as Mbappe. You know, they're, they're certainly. You certainly think it will be the, the probably the strongest side that they've fielded all season that lines up tomorrow. But still, I, don't, I just don't think it's considering that you know the riches that they've got and the fact that you know this is. They've had this inverted commas, project going for seven, eight years now. 
it shouldn't they shouldn't still be scraping around and it, they should be a they're not a well-oiled machine you know things go wrong in clubs but it just it always seems like there's there's obvious things going wrong there that they're not sorting out you know to take the obvious equivalent club you know man city not having the best of times and personally i was surprised that guardiola has been given an extension but they do seem to be better run overall apart from the, the blind spot in in terms of defenders generally they seem to be a kind of relatively functional organization whereas psg so much of it doesn't seem that way and it's just it's a little bit it's kind of embarrassing i mean the good thing about it is that it keeps league interesting and you know at the moment there's there are three four teams within four points of them which is you know already a good, a good thing compared to previous years but on the other hand you kind of think well considering all the resources they've got that no one else has got they should be at least overpowering everyone with style not sort of stumbling their way along in the in the in the way that they do mm. but yeah at the same time you know for the weekend you've got to give monaco loads of credit for firstly completely changing the game around at, at half time which Kovac deserves credit for and secondly yeah they also had big injuries you know Le out yeah uh, Golovin apparently is a decent player I don't think so um, <laughs> Ben Yedder I think is a massive loss for them yeah. um, and they still managed to to turn it around so credit to them as well yeah, yeah, credit where due, absolutely. And uh, that match with PSG tomorrow is, a, is an eight o'clock kickoff. Um, just to summarise what Jez was saying, they're the group Manchester United and RB Leipzig are joint top on six points each. Leipzig, interestingly, with a minus two goal difference, though, so that might come into play. Uh, PSG need to win that game to leapfrog them, um, which would, and that's where the goal difference would potentially come in handy, having lost away. So, is it goal much, difference or head to head? Um, well, I was, I was figuring if they win tomorrow, then head to head will be one win each. So I guess then it goes to goal difference. Yeah. I think I think that's how it works. I could be wrong, but um, there would yeah, be piece. goal difference between the two teams. Yeah, I, I think anyway, as far as I'm aware. Um, oh, in, in that case, yeah. So PSG would need to win what two nil. Um, so. which seems somewhat unlikely, but I guess we'll see. Um, speaking of clubs that are uh, in a bit of a mess, um, well, actually, sorry, before I say that, I should mention there was one other game on Friday. Um, apologies, Rich, if you're listening, but uh, yeah, Ren lost to Bordeaux. Actually, it's probably a good thing if he's listening that we'll skip through this one. Hatem Benafa's first goal back in, in Liga was enough to secure the points for Bordeaux. Um, to say I was surprised to see this result would have been a mild understatement, but nevertheless, Bordeaux came away with the points. I think um, it was a wonderful solo run, and I think some people have <clears throat> joked about him thinking he needs to do everything himself, but frankly, looking around him, he does. <laughs> possibly a good idea that he thinks that, and yeah. uh, so it was a lovely goal. Uh, I think, as you say, possibly unexpected, but it also nice to see. I think Camavinga was back. Yeah, he's been out injured for a while because if Renner also playing on Tuesday against Chelsea, they could do with some vim mm. as well. Renner won one of their last nine matches in all competitions. I was looking it's, at that stat. That yeah. seems to have come out of nowhere, doesn't it? Because you you just sort of Not assume they've been doing all right. No, it's really not good. And and it comes back again, the Champions League game, it comes back to the whole, why get in it if you're not going to compete? Notwithstanding the mess they had at Stamford Bridge. To be fair, um, I think, unlike Marseille, I think they have competed. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. completely stuffed by the referee in the last match. Yeah. Seville, they weren't great, but they only lost 1-0 somehow. Mm. Um, it was yeah. that first game, the Krasnodar game. You think that it's affecting their league for where you're thinking, yeah, where they should, yeah. I was just wondering if it's affecting their league form. You know, they sort of so focused on trying to turn the, the group around potentially. I mean, again, looking at their group, it, it seems like a, I wouldn't say a thankless case, but it, it doesn't look good, does it? I mean, they've got to beat, they have to beat Chelsea tomorrow night. Chelsea have all of a sudden turned into the world's greatest football club, according to the British media, which is lovely. Um, but yeah, I mean, in fairness, they have got plenty of weapons. They're, they've got seven points. And, as and the thing is, if they yeah. get third, that's still 
a Europa League. Exactly. Yeah, and that might be more their level. Of their level, yeah. But that might be something where they stand a decent chance of standing up for themselves. But yeah. Yeah, their league form is not brilliant and therefore that does make things worrying as we get towards the, the winter break. Yeah, we'll have a Lille against us, uh, a Lille against Ren final in the Europa League because uh, certainly, certainly won't be my club in there, but that's another story. Um, yes, so um, we are going to skip through that one to the Saturday game. There was only one because Marseille Nice was postponed, as we mentioned before. Um, Phil, talk me through Brest four, St Etienne one, if you wouldn't mind, uh, just in terms of a scoreline. I mean, um, brilliant for Brest. I want to give them credit, but St Etienne, wow. Yeah, I think we, because we, we talked about Saint-Étienne a bit ago and how their run of bad form had all been kind of explicable because it was against good teams and then it kept happening. Mm. And that's extremely worrying, I think, for them. They had another very young key map. But one thing I noticed was, I think, Opta, it wasn't quite at the end of the match, but this game was 4-1 and at the point it was 4-1 there'd only been 4-1 shots on target which suggests that a degree of goalkeeping coaching might might be needed um so yes I think this was one where I saw Saint-Étienne maybe putting in a bit of a comeback thinking a point is fine but no well done to Brest for as well as winning, actually really putting the hammer down, I think, on them as well. There were four different scorers and they're in 13th, looking reasonably happy after a slight blip. And so Tetian is now, what, seven or eight mm. in the row. They won the first three. Yeah, that's it. They won the first three and then the eight subsequent games... They've got one point. That is not it's relegation form, isn't it? They drew. They were two 0 up against Nantes. Nantes came back, scored two all, and then they've lost the next seven. Yeah, I mean that's that's, but that's worrying, isn't it? And when you've got a coach like uh, like uh, Claude Puel, who is notoriously quite is stubborn, the right word? I don't know. He 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 plays a certain way. Let's let's say that much. And and I don't. I don't sort of see him as the type of coach who will look at things and think, okay, let's try something different. I get the feeling he'll probably stick with what he knows. And I don't want to be like ageist here, but there's so many young players in that team. I wonder if his sort of slightly older methods are maybe not coming across well for the younger players. Is that fair? Do you think think that's fair, Jez, or is that my being harsh? Um, Only a smoking gun there. I appreciate that. No, just, I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I think it's an app. Puel's always had a very good um, record of bringing through quality young players. Um, but yes, some of them are, are quite a long time ago now. And you can sort of go back to, you know, players like Henri. Henri gives Puel credit for, for sort of bringing him through in the first place. Um, so, yeah. You know, things change in, in, in 20 years or whatever it is. Um, but I think it's more the the level of ambition of the of the project um, in terms of sort of ditching a lot of older players who, for better or worse, I think often worse, but they are sort of quite opinionated big characters um, and replacing them with a lot of young kids. And even like, even if you take Jesse Muller, obviously very experienced age-wise, but not exactly experienced in terms of, of league and matches, um, I just think maybe it was a little bit too much in one go. Um, I get the, the sort of investing in, in, in youth and in, in what is a quality young squad. We saw that with the fact that they won the, the Gombardella. But yeah, maybe it's it's too much, and I think probably it might have been necessitated by the fact that they they were in in sort of financial trouble. But then they didn't even sort of sell most of those players that they wanted to sell, so that hasn't helped either. Um, 
they they could be in trouble. I mean, I think if they survive, it's probably more because there's there's teams who are worse than them. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, it's not a case of you don't win anything with kids, but I think you need to, they need to be given a little bit of a chance and, it's it's just it's a slippery slope once once you lose confidence if they're all kids and there's no one who's able to really kind of step up and and i don't know show show the balls or whatever to 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 turn things around then it can easily sort of just get worse and worse mm. um, I, i'm sort of rooting for them because i think there's some really quality players there i think they've been a little unlucky as well like masson got a serious injury for fun a you know, left so late in the window, that's got to affect the team as well. Yeah. Um, and as ever, as always seems to be the case of Saint-Étienne, they don't seem to have a goal scorer, which really doesn't help. Yeah. Um, but that seems to have been a, a theme for quite a long time. A long time, yeah. Time now. I, I genuinely can't think of the last, the last sort of, not prolific striker, but yeah, I mean... Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling. I can't think. And and you wonder if they had that, uh, just like a off the top of my head, a Ben Yedder type of striker. You just sort of wonder if they would be in the same position. Because I've always thought, like you said, Jess, that, you know, they've got, they've got, if you look at that squad on paper, and I know the game isn't played on paper, et cetera, and so on, but there are some good players there. And, and there's plenty of creativity, you'd think, behind what would be a front man. But there just isn't there just isn't the goals and, yeah, and I mean, seeing... they're being outscored by yeah. three of the four teams below them. Yeah. And and that's nothing against Brest who, you know, took their goals well and were more than well more than sort of worthy of their win based upon what I saw. I mean there were two up and Brest are playing great football at the moment. They are, yeah, they really are. I mean mostly mostly at home and I hope yeah. that carries on because they're away to mess next week. <laughs> but they're certainly probably the best value team to watch because they concede a hell of a lot as well. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, the way that they're playing, you look at some of the goals they scored this year, some fantastic team goals. Mm. Um, you know, fullbacks really getting involved in lots of goals as well. Perro has, I think, got the most, like of all the fullbacks in Europe, I think he's got the most if you add goals and assists together. Mm. Um, most goal contributions so they're, they're doing some great stuff yeah the two things that i really enjoyed from this match or the first one not so much enjoyed but it's noticeable how quickly jesse moulin's beard is going gray <laughs> yeah. yeah the other one that i enjoyed that you saw on one of the breast goals which i think came from a corner is the the sort of huge electronic scoreboard um telling everyone to make some noise even though there are no fans nobody's there yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's always a, that's always a highlight um in the uk they've started i don't know if it's the same um on french tv but in the uk they, they've started sort of experiment well i say experimenting they are just doing the fake crowd noise um and and they've they've obviously got some of the chance from the specific teams but i just don't like it at all i don't know if it's done in in the french coverage but um yeah, it, 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 the only good thing is it sort of drowns out Jonathan Pierce to a certain degree, but it's, mm. yeah, I'm not a fan. And, and when you sort of, particularly, I noticed it last night, particularly in the Lille game, you just, you sort of hear the sort of the, the, the general Lille um, home supporters songs and there's just not a soul in sight. It just, it just doesn't work for me, but uh, yeah, nevertheless. Something I noticed over the weekend was, um, obviously, Fredo Cantonetti is, is an audible person at the best of times and when there's no crowd noise in the stadium my lord you can hear him <laughs> yeah yeah there was, there was some very good uh, very good um quiet uh stadium loud shouts over the weekend just uh, shouting mamadou mamadou <laughs> No, I, I, I do. Over I and over and over again. It's like, oh my god, that poor man. I particularly enjoyed Hugo Lloris um, screaming it. I think it was Serge Aurier in French, and I was just thinking to myself, it doesn't matter what language you shout at him in, he's still probably not going to listen. But you know, that's a story for a rainy day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, nevertheless, a, um, a very good win for Brest. As I say, full credit to them, not taking anything away from them. But I think it would be fair to say the story there is, is St Etienne. On to the Sunday. Um, just a couple of games to to kind of uh, breeze over a little, but not too much. Um, Mets continue their wonderful run, Jez. Uh, well, one draw away at Nott. 
I'm presuming you're happy, having been the goal down to Moani. He's had a good couple of weeks before the penalty from Lea, uh, getting the getting the draw right on half time. Yeah, uh, overall, I mean, pleased. Yeah, I mean the first half we didn't we didn't didn't deserve to go in level at half time at all. Like, Nantes were clearly the better team in the first half. I think we evened it out a bit in the second half, but um, yeah, we lost two very influential midfielders during the first half, which didn't help. Um, especially the ignominy of them injuring themselves by running into each other. (laughs) Um. Well, this was why I kind of enjoyed this match a lot, because the winter sun in Nantes is clearly quite low. It did look lovely, yeah. The Mets team were attacking the sun. It's a bit like, you know, the old Barnet ground where you had to play uphill one half and downhill the other half. Yeah. They clearly couldn't see. Um, yeah. Because as well as Pajo and Maiga crashing into each other and then both having to be taken off, when Fafana came on to replace Pajo, I think the fourth official couldn't see what was happening and so managed to crack him in the head with the, the board. <laughs> so... Yeah. And even the goal, Colo Morney's strike was really good, but it kind of went through the goalkeeper, who, even though he was wearing a hat, mm. clearly couldn't see what the hell was happening. So I was waiting for the second half where maybe, you know, this will level itself out a bit, but it all got a bit more boring after that. But it it was one of those games which where you're clear... Fabio was kind of squinting into the sun and all of this kind of thing. So it looked it Sunday looked all very difficult uh, yeah. to play that game. Right? I'm uh, I'm very much in favour of uh, the future of football when it's a sunny day. Just all of the outfield players in caps. I think that'll be that'll yeah. be something else. Um, in uh, speaking, come on, in shades. Yeah, imagine that. Speaking of the boards as well, that's another thing that I've started to chuckle about. While there's no fans in the stadium. Have you noticed that, like old habits die hard? The um, fourth officials still turn the boards to the side to show the non-existent <laughs> yeah, crowds, the numbers that are coming off. That's how he ended up cracking Fafana on the head. Exactly, it's like, like there's no point. Also, you have just injured a substitute. Yeah, well, well done you, um, well done you. But uh, yeah, fourth officials' life must be a great, great fun time. Um, there was certainly nothing to be dull in the uh, Montpellier Strasbourg game. Oh my god, my blood pressure! This, this is three all at half time. I remember yeah, I, I had my smartwatch going off constantly. I was like, "What is going on in this game?" Again, I think Opta said that's the highest half time goal tally. There's there's three of them. Uh, one Leon game, one PSG game, and this that have hit six at half time. It was just chaos. And I was absolutely having kittens throughout most of this. So we had a situation where Montpellier went 2 0 up. Uh, Mendes from a corner, a Delort header, lovely. Um, and then there was a penalty awarded to Strasbourg which Omlin, who's back from injury, saved, but he'd come off his line a fraction of a second too early, so it was retaken, so it was scored. And then four minutes later, they got another penalty, and Diallo uh, leveled things up. And then Andy Delort puts Montpellier back in front, and I'm thinking, oh, thank Christ for that. And then just on half-time in the 45th minute, it was um, Ajorke made it 3-3. And so I just, at that point, poured myself a drink and went outside for a bit. But they did finally, uh, Montpellier did finally prevail with a goal from uh, Gaetan Laborde later on. But yeah, there were some cracking headers in the game and, and a lot of tension. So yeah, 4-3 it ended up. Uh, which, as I say, put Montpellier second for about half an hour. Um, but uh, no, that was a good result that they had to really pull out of the bag, I think. So yeah. Strasbourg being way down the table, they probably feel quite aggrieved. But Jesus, yeah, it, it was stressful. 
a bit worried about Strasbourg. They are um, falling without trace at the moment. They are 19th, uh, six points from the uh, three on the bounce. They've lost now. But yeah, as you say, Montpellier uh, performing well up to fourth in the table. I mean, technically joint third if you want to go. Yeah, right I think points, um, but... one of the, the commentators was like, Montpellier's attack is brilliant. And their defences, and then there was a long pause. Yeah, and the defences. Well, Tom Gray was definitely at fault for um, uh, the Yorke goal. So, and it was, yeah, not good. There were yeah. things to be worked on. But, I mean, he is he is getting up there in the years alongside um, alongside uh, Hilton, isn't he? So, you know, can sort of give his old legs Hilton the benefit. On as a substitute to try to. See out a game with le- fresh legs. Like the man's yeah. my age. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit worrying. But yes. Interesting at the weekend as it's uh, FFW Derby, I think. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah, yeah. We will we'll see what happens there. We'll, we'll come on to that in a moment, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so the three other games on the Sunday all ending in 1 0 wins. Uh, Lons. Much to Jez's pleasure, back to winning ways. Not uh, they won one nil. Um, not a lot to talk about in that. That whenever Dijon, um, it's definitely worth watching the goal. Yeah, I was going to say just uh, Ooh, just yeah. the goal is is probably something that is worth looking at uh, for those who haven't seen Jez. So just a goalkeeper fannying around with it somehow manages to trade it back onto his own goal line. Um, and in the meantime, Callum Wendo is sort of borne down on him. And so when he tries to clear it, it comes off Callum Wendo from about a centimetre out and goes in. Yeah, yeah. You, you've got to love goalkeepers thinking that they're slightly better with their feet than they probably are. Um, but yeah, that ultimately ended in a 1-0 win for Lens. Uh, Nîmes got a good win away from home against uh, Raas. Repass penalty in the 62nd minute, uh, proving the decisive goal in that particular game. And uh, Leon continue to impress, sort of not, maybe, ish, no. maybe, no. Cadawiro's no. uh, goal, and he's in, he's in great form, to be fair, he's, he's having a lovely time. Um, I watched probably the first half of this just under, um, I, I was drifting off, it was not a great watch. Uh, I think Leon probably, oh, did they deserve it? I mean, Lopez was good, made a couple of very good saves. Um, I think Phil if sort of Angers had a finisher, um, but who can have got the chances he didn't put away? It might have been very different. But Leon, I don't want to say got out of jail because again, you know, you, you can only see what's in front of you, and they're third in the table. It doesn't lie, but I'm just still not convinced. Um, and it, it doesn't right. lie, but I think um, I got uh, an email from Tarek uh, when we were discussing this game. It says at this point. Leon a second, and I can't explain how, how or why. Yeah. I think that's probably fair. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And uh, Usamoa, an, an unused sub as well. I thought that was slightly interesting. Um, I do wonder if there's something a bit more going on there. I don't know. I think uh, it's a mixture of him just coming back from injury and also not having outgrown Leon. <laughs> um, just not being very good. <laughs> You're never going to let that go, are you? No. Uh, yeah, I, uh, there was there was some suspicion or, or some discussion uh, in amongst the Leon fan base that I was reading that that Garcia has had a bit of a fallout with him um, concerning his sort of work rate and attitude. So I do wonder if there is a bit more in that. Um, but I feel like there's only one winner if he continues to leave him out. But you know, I guess we'll see what happens on that one. Um, yes. Then uh, the final game of the weekend's uh, Jazal come to you on this one. Lille for Lorient nil. Um, I don't know, did you watch this on BT Sport or did you follow this on BT Sport? Because uh, the, the, the aforementioned Mr Davies was, um, was uh, yeah, he was very scathing of uh, how bad Lorient and, and very full of praise of how, bad, how good Lille were. Um, Izichi with, with two more goals, he's having a lovely time. Araujo had a first First goal in Leo Colours for Jonathan David to wrap up the results. Um, two questions for you here, really. Concerning Leo, first of all, is is this a genuine... We said it last week, but is this a genuine side that, that has the depth to go potentially all the way? And, uh, and, and with regards to Lorient, I mean, I suppose I could say more, but are you slightly um, puzzled, I guess is the word? They, they just looked 
so devoid of anything yesterday. It was a bit of a worry for me. Selection as well is not good. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, for Lorient, I don't know to what extent they should be judged on, on yesterday's match um, because they were playing at a very, very good team who were in very good form despite the defeat last week. Even then, they sort of almost came back. Mm. Um, but there are issues there. I think, again, just playing nice football, but maybe a little bit too soft. Again, not not enough sort of clinical players up front to take any chances that that, that they create. Um, so I do think they're in for a sort of a relegation battle. For Lille, yeah, I mean, in, as long as they, they sort of keep away from serious injuries, um, even with the Europa League, I think they've got a decent squad now and um, they could well kind of sustain um, a, a reasonable, I don't know about a title challenge, I still think that entirely depends on PSG. But you can definitely see them staying the course and, and maintaining their form all year. Um, they'll probably lose 4-0 next week now. Um, but compared to any of the other teams, you know, Marseille have got their problems. Lyon, considering that they're not playing well, gives them credit for being up to third place, but they're not convincing. Um, Monaco is still sort of in transition and... and learning to, to cope with having a bit of direction again. Um, but Lille, as long as the, like I said, they, they, they stay fit and also the off-field politics don't affect the on-field stuff too much, then I think they're in a great place. I think they've got so many um, talented forward players as well that they can share the goals around. Um, you know, Yaziki only scored... He'd only scored one goal in the league before yesterday, as opposed to like two hat-tricks in the Europa League. Mm. So, you know, while others are, are taking on the burden and Yilmaz obviously has had a very good recent run, um, it's given players like Iziki and, and David the, the chance to to sort of bed in league-wise. Bamba has just been named October's player of the, of the month for, for Liga. Araujo is, is maintaining his sort of... Um, you know, without taking too many plaudits, still still pops up with important goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look, you look at the players coming on yesterday, they, they've got a strong bench now as well. Yeah, Icona, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, the, the main issue is probably whether the off-field stuff affects them. I mean, Gautier gave a, a really good, really long interview this week to Lekib, talking about how important the sort of triumvirate of him um, Campos and I've forgotten the name of the president Garcia can't remember whatever the, the Lille president yeah how <laughs> um, important the three of them are and Campos basically hasn't been seen or heard of since August mm. but that's apparently mainly because he fell out big time with Gerard Lopez uh, sorry just Lopez that's <laughs> yeah. it um that's because Campos fell out with Ingler, who's the sporting director, but it was announced this week that Ingler has resigned. So now everyone's thinking, does that mean maybe Campos will come back? I mean, Gautier made it very clear that he and Lopez can't do the job by themselves. They need the three of them with all the input that, that each of them brings. And he kind of gave another interview later in the week, sort of saying, you know, I had a word with Lopez after my interview, kind of, I knew what I was doing. I, I wanted and needed to make the point sort of thing. And just, I think it's just maybe slight warning signs there that Galtier is happy enough to work with what he's got at the moment, but possibly could be thinking of leaving in the summer if things don't work out. So... Mm-hmm. You don't want that to distract what's going on on the pitch, but hopefully it won't because I think they're playing really nice football. They're a really likeable team. Mm. I think Gautier is certainly abrasive and maybe a little bit marmite but I think very likeable. I think he's um, likeable. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just, yeah, really enjoying what they're doing at the moment. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, it was obviously difficult for me to watch um, <laughs> for, for obvious reasons, but I, I can appreciate the... The, the talent that um, 
that they have that you'll have at their disposal and, and and they are certainly impressive and obviously their Europa League game with AC Milan this week is I believe if they win that they can actually qualify so I mean that's a, a big big game out as well that turns out okay well there you go well, that's that's got to be a bonus although bless him he didn't do a lot in the first game but no I take your point on that one um anything any thoughts on on Lorion from your perspective Phil in terms of you know a team that is Big things were expected of, of Policier, and, and he did such a great job last season. I'm not knocking that, but my slight concern is, touching it there with Jez, is the selection. You know, Amel has been very good when he, he was very good in Ligue 2 last year and isn't getting the chances. Same with uh, Enzo Lefebvre, who, although he's young, was, was at the heart of everything last year and not getting games. Um, Wiesa looks looks prime fodder for Newcastle in January. He's that sort of player that he's got pace and whatnot. Oh, so some yeah. Premier League team will probably come and snip him away. Um, yeah, just when your best player is Jeremy Morel, God bless him, you, you kind of got some concerns. Some of the defending, who belonged Mendes last night? Wow. But yeah, what, what's your kind of what's your thoughts on on their struggles of a, a club coming up from a lower league and, and being in this position? I think just looking at the bottom of the table, as I think just said earlier, Saint Etienne are clearly in a world of shit. But you wouldn't think they'll go down because there are teams worse than them. That's the thing you have to uh, overcome, isn't it? And the problem is that. Lorient at the moment, 12 scored, 21 conceded, look kind of bang average for that bottom bit of the table. That is there the same? There's been talk about Strasbourg, oh, they'll come, they'll come good, it just takes time. Uh, you know, there's flashes there. They've scored three goals against Montpellier, you know, away from home. And they just look unlucky, whereas Lorient don't so much look unlucky as unstructured, mm. if you see what I mean. Yeah, and that's, that's a fine, much yeah. more difficult thing to get over. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree with that. That that was the thing. It it just looked like a. Um, I don't like to agree with Jonathan Pierce, <laughs> but um, I, th- I thought he actually had a fair point when he said that they were almost beaten before they they came out on the pitch. It just had that vibe of. It seems sort of really not sure of what it was meant to do and how it was meant to set up. And yeah, some of the defending, I mean, it wouldn't have been an exaggeration to say Leo could have got nine or ten last night. I mean, they were so dominant. And my sort of concern is that at this point, this is the type of the time of the season where you don't want to get cut adrift. Um, and I'm not for a minute suggesting that Policier should be mark, frog marched out the back or whatever, but um, just sort of feel yeah, that things need to turn around. I think sometimes the winter break is can be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your situation. Yeah. If you're on a good run of form, you might say well, it's a bad thing because we're, we've got good momentum and now that's broken. Mm-hmm. If you're in a bad position, it can be a bad thing or a good thing, but it can be a bad thing because you then, um, you know, you simmer mm. on that bad situation. And so, you know, we got a couple more rounds before uh, before the winter break, obviously, but it's getting to that kind of stage. I just have one uh, additional thing. Obviously, the Marseille-Nice match was... Um, uh, reporté because of um, Nice COVID issues as opposed to Nice defensive issues. Um, but Marseille also have another game in hand. So they're in sixth, but they've got two games in hand. Now, I know that their Champions League performance has been fucking woeful so far and they haven't scored a goal yet. But they're sixth in the table with two games in hand. Mm, Again, I think uh, Nantes and Lens. Uh, the worrying thing Lens. is they've been woeful in the league as well. That's, yeah, it's yeah, whether they win the games. They've been in five and they have two games in hand. So I know, but they've still been woeful. I, I know, but mathematically speaking, given they still managed to pick up points despite the woefulness, um that this is something that is kind of hiding in the in the table, if you see what I mean. 
uh, and maybe they can make make some more ground up and they'll suddenly pop up higher in the table. Uh, we do have a catch-up match, I think, on Wednesday. Lance Nantes from Game 8 is going to yes. happen on Wednesday. So that's going to solve some things. But then we've got Marseille-Nice to be caught up and... Is it Marseille... Is it Nantes? Marseille-Lance as well. Lance, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and Marseille to be closer, but again, who knows? <laughs> it depends where Marseille are at that, that turn. I mean, they've got they've got Champions League this week as well. Very, it's a it's an interesting situation that we do have a top of the table which has that big gap in it, which could lead to all manner of uh, moving around. Um, yeah. The other thing I just wanted to mention while we're on league football was PSG lost to Monaco, which is a bit of a shock, in Division 1, the women's game, PSG beat Lyon. This Lyon lose game. 1-0, <laughs> Marie Antoinette Cototo with the goal for PSG. PSG are top of the Divan table. I'm sure that will not please point, me. But, ooh, this could, be, this could be an interesting one. So, yeah. that's, um, the, there were two big kind of upsets for the leaders at the weekend, and they went in different directions uh, for PSG, very much so. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, and uh, and any time, I think any time Leon's women's side lose a football match, it, it mm. is news for obvious reasons. So, um, right also to, uh, the, as as well as the one point difference, there's a massive goal difference difference. So that's which is eleven at the moment. That's mostly because PSG beat Issy fourteen nil. A close one. Then. If you knock ten off that to get to a reasonable. Uh, more reasonable scoreline, median-wise, uh, pretty level. So it's tight. Yeah. The yeah. top of Divan is much more, um, much more competitive than usual, which I think is only going to be good for the game. But a close, close men's division, close women's division, which is kind of what you want to see, I suppose. Um, what we will say, uh, just with regards to Marseille as well, is um, close division in the Champions League for them, uh, probably not the case. Uh, they are the other team in action this week. They face Porto, I believe it's on Wednesday. Yes, it is on yes. Wednesday. Um, basically, they have to win now. I mean, they have to score a goal, first of all. But uh, as we mentioned with Ren... chance to break the record. Yeah, yeah, there's, the record is on the line, isn't it, if they lose again? Um, but the weird thing is, again, as we spoke about Ren, if, if they were to pick up a victory against Porto, A, suddenly it puts them back into contention for second place, believe it or not, but also it, it potentially would put them into that third spot for the Europa League with Manchester City facing Olympiacos. So um, it, it is still all to play for in, in terms of at least European football continuing for Marseille, whether that's a good thing or not, is probably a, a question for a rainy day. Uh, we've also got Europa League games on Thursday. We did touch on Lille against Milan. As I mentioned, if Lille win, they will be through. A slightly different story over in Nice, who face Slavia Prague at home, I believe. Yes, it's at home. Um, it's pretty much it's pretty much win or bust, Jez, for this one, you would say. I mean, if you look at the group, you would say otherwise, because they've got three points and the top two teams, Slavia and Leverkusen, have both got six. So you think if Nice win, they take points off the team above them and they're suddenly back in contention. But it's, again, it's the performances in this group. You know, lost two, uh, won two Slavia last time out, three, two. And, of course, that pummeling they took against Leverkusen. Do you uh, do you sort of see this one as must win in the home game against Slavia? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you would expect Bayer to win that group comfortably, and it's yeah. surprising that they're not mm. they're not ahead at the moment. Um, and then it's between the other three, but with respect to the other two teams, Nice should be. You'd ex- they should, you know, they should, should qualify from this group should comfortably. Yeah. That struggling. yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. And it, you know, it's not it's not a an arrogance thing. I mean, Slavia are a decent side, 
but no great shakes. And, and yet they've managed to beat both Leverkusen and Nice. So, I mean, it sort of speaks volumes, I guess. But even but, like, uh, again, this is, I think we discussed this before about the French teams just kind of turning up for these matches, happy that they've just qualified and not doing anything else. I mean, even um, Beersheva, I think, took the lead against Leverkusen, possibly in the last match. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think, I think they did. I think you're right. So at least they're giving it a go. Whereas Nice just. Okay, they scored two against Leverkusen, but they conceded six as well. And yeah, well, we kind of wander out as and well, and just not. I'm still sad. I'm just really not impressed with Vieira at all. No, no, I mean, like, and like we both said, you know, want to be impressed, but just not at the moment. So, work to be done uh, for our teams in Europe. Uh, obviously, next week we will look back at those games. We'll have quite a lot to cover. So, um, being a Monday recording, so we'll we'll do our best to look through those. But um, basically, it's must win for all the teams as usual. But uh, some have got better chances than others. I think Ren and uh, Ren and Marseille will be aiming for Europa League at this point. But we shall see. A lot can happen in uh, in a short space of time. Um, going back to Liga to look ahead to the weekend's games, uh, which I shall do now if my fixture list will populate. There we go. Friday, which is the twenty seventh, this Friday coming at the time of recording, Strasbourg face Ren. Uh, you'd have to say, based upon Jez uh, filling us in on Ren's recent record, that's must win for both. Strasbourg certainly need points at home and Ren uh, definitely needs to pick their form back up. Uh, Marseille host not, depending on uh, on their result of Europe. We'll see how they, uh, how they uh, perform, having not seen them for a couple of weeks. Hopefully it's a little bit better than usual. Um, PSG will inevitably beat Bordeaux 5-0 at the PDP. I'm sure that's happening. Sorry, With Bordeaux fans. Red yeah, returning, yeah. And Yassine Adley, of course. And you, you just know that that's going to be PSG romping all over Bordeaux. You can just see it coming. So tune in next week for Bordeaux 3, PSG 2. Um, Leon face Ravs in the early game on Sunday. That's uh, at the Park OL. That's the 12pm UK time kickoff. And then the that, 2 o'clock... could be a nice... nice could be, yeah. As with everything, asterisk, depending on what Leon turn up. But yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed on that one. Say that about Ras at the moment. Yeah, actually, yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah that is bad boy. the angle of the sun. Yeah, and, and, and all that's in between. Uh, Lowell's face Angers. Um, as Phil mentioned, the uh, FFW uh, derby. Lorient face Montpellier. Uh, no offence, but we need the points more than you. So, you know, just mm. saying. Um, but yeah, that, that's, a, that's a pretty big offense. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a pretty pretty big game for, uh, for both. You, monsieur. If you could give us a head start, that'd be great. But uh, yeah, interesting one. Uh, Mets face Brest. So um, hopefully the, the good form continues at home, Jez, as you said, with uh, free scoring Brest arriving on the doorstep. And Monaco will look to continue their good run as they face Nîmes. And uh, Nice face Dijon is the four o'clock game. And St Etienne Lille, um, again, has the look of one of those games where normally you'd say that might be a quite a close affair, but based upon recent form, it may not I be. Think but it could be horrific. I, 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 I'm nervous. I yeah. don't have any kind of emotional attachment to Santa Etienne, but I am worried about them. Well, I, I wonder if. Uh... I wonder if uh, Puel might sort of park the bus a little bit based upon what happened to L'Oreal last night. And, you know, oh. I, I just wonder if he might sit in and see what happens. But can they do that? No, <laughs> based upon, based upon current results, no. I think it might be horrific because if yeah. you dress up to park the bus and you can't, then there's very little you can do to get that back. Mm. I do. I, I wonder what sort of condition Leo will be in. I mean, obviously that game with AC Milan, whilst they're at home, you, you do wonder how much that will take out of the legs. I appreciate it's the late game on the Sunday, but St Etienne haven't got that. So, And we have seen a few results after European games go a little bit astray. So I guess we will see. But uh, yeah, that's the marquee game of the week. Um, in terms of the table, as we mentioned, PSG are still top, but that defeat to Monaco cuts their lead to two points now. So PSG 24 points, two clear of Lille in second in 22, with uh, Lyon, Montpellier and Monaco tied together on 20 points down to fifth. 
Marseille, Rennes, Nice, Lens and Metz make up the top 10. Uh, Angers, Bordeaux, much needed win for Bordeaux, 11th and 12th with Brest, Nantes, Nîmes, St Etienne down to 16th with uh, Reims, Lorient, Strasbourg and Dijon, the only four clubs still to remain in single digits in terms of points. Uh, Dijon bottom with four points, um, really struggling. Strasbourg and Lorient. Oriana kind of uh, flipping it at the moment by the looks of things, but um, yeah, Rams and St Etienne running them close for that particular honour. Um, any of these, or either of these two games, sorry, either of these games uh, that you're looking at um, with, with sort of a close eye? Either of you? Either of these games, or uh, any... sorry, sorry, any of these games. Sorry, I've put the put the word either in when I should have said any. My apologies. <laughs> um... I think Strasbourg Wren is one of those ones that could go either way. I think it could possibly be another goal fest or one goal mix it. Yeah. Um, I mean Wren have got quality players. They're just they are struggling to score at the moment. Um mm. and it feels like you know, their their main two goal threats seem to be their centre backs at the moment. And when they don't score, it's hard to see where the other goals are coming from. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Leon Ras could be good. I think Laurie or Montpellier could also have lots of goals in it, just not necessarily. Not necessarily scored by the side attacking the goal. Yeah. Also, I think there might be some, you know, cards, penalties, own goals, general fuck ups happening in this game. It just has that feel to me. I might be a little paranoid. I feel, I feel like Strasbourg need just need a performance at the moment. Uh, watching them yesterday or seeing the highlights of them yesterday, they just look like a side that's just devoid of much like Lorient. I mean, when Strasbourg Lorient play each other again, that'll be interesting. But yeah, it, it's just a, a side that needs a result. And that's, that's kind of the one that was, piqued um, my interest. It was good to see Kawashima back in goal for Strasbourg, even though I think he was at full, maybe at least a little bit for at least one goal. Mm. Um, I think he's probably a much better presence to have behind the defence than, than Camera. Yeah, agreed. Um, so I, th- I think that could be a help. Yeah, um, yeah. But I'm just... Shaky. And I do think, obviously I'm biased, I think you know Diallo has already settled in well. Personally, I don't particularly rate Ajork. I just mm. think... Look at... Um, I just think they should be doing better with the players they've got. And yeah, the young I players in particular. At the start of the season that it just feels like the end of a cycle for a few players. I think there's two or three players there who, and a coach who just sh- shouldn't be there anymore. Mm. Um, who I think just have got, I think it's just a time for a change. I don't think Lala is the player he was when he should have been transferred a couple of years ago. I think Lore probably needs a new challenge. Mm. Um, Simican could have moved on in the summer as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's still young, but he's got to have had his head turned by the fact that, a lot of clubs were after him. Um, yeah, I just think they're in a, quite a bit of a funk and I think it might be difficult. I, they should definitely have enough quality to turn it around. But Yeah, there's a few of those, isn't there? When you look down that table, there's a few teams that we could say that of and are struggling. I, I, I sort of almost looking at that table right now, you feel like, you feel like one of the... I don't want to say lesser clubs because that's 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 not fair. But one of the clubs that are overperforming in the top half, you could probably see dropping down. But probably from 14th downwards, I can't really see any of those clubs rising up the table. Maybe St Etienne if they get their ass in gear because Maybe of the quality not. they've got. But there's so many. T- I mean, Nantes, Nîmes, Rams, Lorient, Strasbourg, Dijon. I can't really see any of them having. Necessarily I think Rask will. I th- I'm really shocked that Rask are that far down. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, and I, I, and I think uh, Nantes, a couple of decent. Um, I think Nantes are fine on the on the road, and they can get comfortably mid table again. Yeah, I, th- I think Nantes are fine, but they're also that sort of club that if they lost four in a row, I wouldn't go. Oh, that's a surprise. They, they always have that sort of look to me of a side that could fall away at any time. Um, I mean, that win for Bordeaux was massive because without that, they would have been down there. But you think they would have enough. Um, maybe, yeah, I think probably the point about Rams, they've got goals. I guess that would be the one thing you'd say in terms of uh, if you look at the goal difference. Um, I think yesterday was a, a big surprise that they lost that. But um, mm. uh, Rene was, was man of the match, which I have to say, I haven't, I haven't watched it. But the fact that 
the opposing goalkeeper was man the match. Says it all. The only goal was a very disputed penalty. Suggests that Ras probably feel quite hard done by that that they yeah. lost that one. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. Based upon what I saw, I think that's very fair. But um, yeah, yeah, so certainly something we will will keep an eye on. But uh, we will we'll leave it there for this week. Um, we've covered plenty. As I say, we will keep keep you across the uh, European games um, and on next week's pod. So if there's anything specific that we want to pick out of that, we will do our best to cover that next week, as well as the weekend's action and those games that we just mentioned. Uh, as always, you can follow our socials and you can get in touch if there's anything that you want to say to us or make a point about. Uh, but for now, it just remains for me to thank my two permits. So thank you, Phil. Thank you, Jez. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, here's wishing Phil and the Montpellier team the worst of luck for the weekend. (laughs) Uh, Until next week, enjoy your French football and we'll speak to you very soon.